We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way. But from time to time, a story just stays with me, and I feel compelled to share it with you and give you my thoughts. And now, one more thing. Okay. So, the other day I was, um, with a partner of mine, we were looking at some real estate. And the realtor came out, great guy. Um, let me describe him to you. He's probably in his mid to late fifties. Um, white man. Um, he's a realtor. Um, he deals with real estate in affluent neighborhoods and we were looking at a relatively speaking expensive piece of property. And, uh, he said that he grew up in that neighborhood and he now sells property in that neighborhood. He knows the neighborhood very well on and on. And uh, we're like, great, you know, this is the guy to be talking to. And, you know, he asked a little bit about what we did for work. And then, you know, my partner answered him. It's like, oh, you know, I'm in software and I do, you know, this, that, and the third. And, you know, and then I says, oh, you know, serial entrepreneur. I own some businesses. You know, I do this, that, and the third. And, you know, I have a little radio show I do. And, uh, you know, I do a podcast for iHeart. And he's like, oh, wow. Tell me about your radio show. Tell me about your podcast. And of course, I told him a little bit about it. You know, we deal with social justice issues and, you know, things like this. And then, of course, uh, we um, cover events that are important to black people in this country, not unlike a Univision and how they cover things that are significant to uh, our Hispanic brothers and sisters. 
And then he said something that was very interesting hearing it at this point in my life, something I've heard quite a bit, you know, throughout all my 40 years of living on this planet and something I'm sure you've heard as well. Um, he says, you know, the, the normal stuff. Oh man, I love it. You know, I, I do believe black lives matter. And of course I believe all lives matter, you know, followed it up real quick, which let me know where he stood. Um, for those that, that don't know the affirmation, black lives matter is one that uh, exists to prop up and affirm uh, that black lives are valuable. It in no way diminishes the value of anyone else's life. It is a statement in and of itself. You know, the, the comparison is often made, you know, uh, when people do a breast cancer walk, they're not saying other types of cancer don't, don't matter, right? But, you know, he felt the need to to follow his Black Lives Matter uh, statement up with All Lives Matter, right? All right, man, cool. You know, some people, they just don't get it. The information doesn't flow um, to to their ears. Or if it does, they just are not in a position to hear it. Their reality doesn't allow for them to receive anything else, especially someone who grew up as privileged as this man. Bear in mind, I'm from Compton, California, and I was born in the 80s. So, you know, I've seen it. Um, but then he says something else, you know, he, he did his whole thing, tried his best to kind of suggest that he was, you know, standing with us and, you know, he, he understood what we were dealing with and he sympathized and so forth. And of course we knew that he did not. Um, he was saying that because, you know, there's potentially a sale on the line for him. And so he hit the talking points without kind of abandoning his, what uh what i i would guess are uh conservative views um you know he meant to, he was in t attempting to find some common ground some commonality but you know also trying to again support us and what it is that you know i'm i stand for while again not abandoning his 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 personal viewpoints of politics and so forth and then he said something uh, you know, as he floundered about trying to figure out what language was necessary in that moment to uh, convince us to, you know, do business with him while, um, you know, finally getting off a conversation I'm sure he's been sitting on for a few years. He said, I don't see color. And that's the statement that I want to talk about today. Um, I don't see color. I would guess that everybody who has said that actually does see color. They're trying to say that they don't allow color to shape their decision making or, you know, whatever. Um, and they're trying to suggest that somehow because they don't see color that uh the country has moved past you know um its its origin story because of the fact that we've elected you know a black president and 
you know, all this sort of stuff. And and no one in their circle sees color either. No one in their family sees color and they weren't raised that way and blah, blah, blah. And so um, the racism that we are uh, experiencing as black and brown people in this country is imaginary. And so um, I don't see color. Now, if you know someone who said this, um, I'm sure you know what they meant. And if you yourself are the sort of person that says, I don't see color, congratulations on not seeing race, right? But society sees race. We know it's an artificial construct. We know that it's only skin deep, but society sees it and outcomes are very much shaped by it. You know, there's this conversation. Oh, you know, my family never owned slaves. Sure. But a slave economy flowed through every level of society. And so whether or not you had slaves, you benefited from slavery. If your parents or your, sorry, your great, great grandparents or whatever had a job that was well paying and afforded them the opportunity to, you know, own land and whatever, you know, allowed them the, the framework, societal framework to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. <laughs> um, a not insignificant amount of money that m flowed into their pockets even came uh, about because of a slave economy. Slavery was in fact the majority of slave slave produced products or exports or those sorts of things was made up the majority of the United States economy. This is this is documented of course and I'm sure you know that already. Um but you know for those people that say that they don't see race I want to charge you with a thought experiment. So allow me to paint a picture. Um, someone that I'm a big fan of, his name is Brian Stevenson. I've talked about him on the show before and uh, talked about him on all my shows. He's a, a very inspirational person to me. Um, he's the subject of the movie Just Cause, uh, starring Michael B. Jordan. Um, he once said something, and I believe it was a TED Talk of his, uh, that was effectively wealth shapes outcomes more than culpability when it comes to the criminal justice system in the United States of America. Uh, and that we have a criminal justice system that treats you better if you are rich and guilty than if you are poor and innocent. Now, notice I did not say black and white. Wealth. Is what we're talking about. So again, follow me on my thought experiment. Um, beyond the criminal justice system, wealth absolutely shapes educational outcomes. We know that because we know how education is paid for, public education in this country. Um, it's paid for through property taxes. And those with the property um, are taxed on that property and that those taxes go into funding the schools. So if the property taxes are higher because the neighborhood is more affluent, 
then the schools have more resources and in poorer neighborhoods, again, not talking about race, poorer neighborhoods, um, there's less money to go into education. Um, let's talk representation because wealth shapes representation as well. Uh, you know, lobbyists and big donors and, and so forth and so on. All these campaign donations and so forth, that represents corporate interests. You know this. You know, the closest we've ever seen to anything that really reflects uh, common folks' interests in recent history um, is Bernie Sanders. That's not to say that people didn't donate to the previous administration. That's not to say that people didn't donate to Obama. Um, but Bernie Sanders was a person who was very much in touch with common folks. And he staunchly refused to accept um, donations from companies that might try to influence uh, his decision making uh, upon being elected. So uh, those are just a few, but suffice it to say that nearly every level of society, wealth shapes outcomes. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. So, uh, some people who are a bit calloused, some people who are a bit disconnected from the realities that we all um, live in and with might say, well, you know, this is a land of opportunity. If you don't like being poor, then don't be poor. Do something about it. Work hard. Right. And I will admit that there is something to that. There are opportunities to work and to make money and to make a difference. And again, we're not talking about race. Um, we're just talking about the opportunities right now. But the fact is, is that, um, those opportunities are not available to everyone. Okay. So let's examine why some people are poor. Okay. Well, first and foremost, intelligence. You know, not everybody is born with the same cognitive capacities uh, and intellectual fortitude, right? That is not evenly distributed. Okay. We're all born with five fingers on each hand and five tongues. Well, most of us, but you, you get what I'm saying. Are born with, you know, two arms, two legs. You know, these things are standard issue. A reasonable amount of intelligence, sure, but an intelligence that uh, translates to uh, money-making opportunities in this modern capitalistic society, hmm. not everybody is born with that, okay? So why else would some people be poor or not affluent? maybe their medical conditions. We were just talking about that. You know, some people were born with different physical uh, conditions, we'll say. And some people um, end up with uh, different medical issues throughout their life that prevent them from engaging fully in the economy and taking full advantage of this quote-unquote land of opportunity. All right, so what else? Um, why are some people poor? Well, the government. You know, I did a recent episode where um, I was talking about the black codes in the South um, right after the Civil War. And then, of course, following the black codes, there was Jim Crow. And then following Jim Crow, there was redlining and a failure to properly disperse the GI Bill. And there was, um, of course, uh, environmental racism. That's a real thing that affects land values, property values. There's land theft. There's a ton of that in history. 
um, policing, over-policing, uh, unfair criminal justice outcomes, um, the war on drugs, and on and on. No, again, I'm not talking about black people. I'm talking about why some people could be poor. We're talking about the government. And everything that I've mentioned here was government-sanctioned, government-backed. Okay? So the government could definitely play a role in why some people are poor. Okay? Um, why else could some people be poor? Well, maybe values. That's not to say that there are people that value being poor. But maybe there are people who do not necessarily value being rich. As long as they have enough, they're fine. I know plenty of people like this. They just want a simple life where they can spend time with their family and go on a couple of trips every so often, and that's it. What are they going to do with a third car? What are they going to do with a second Rolex? You know, it just doesn't make any sense for them. You know, having enough is more than sufficient. You know, they think it's insane to have more than what you could possibly need. For what? These altruistic sort of people, these people that love to give and want to share and want to do work and they volunteer and they feed the homeless and that sort of thing. Wealth means very little to them. They, they get their wealth in a different way, right? So their values, um, do not reflect those of a capitalist. Right? And that's fair. Okay. But, you know, relatively speaking, they would be considered poor to, um, if you're comparing them to the folks in the neighborhood that I was, uh, you know, visiting when I was looking at the real estate. So, so what does that mean? What does it mean to be poor? Is it bad? I mean, that's for you to decide. Um, some people would say yes. It just, I guess it depends on their values. Some people, of course, would say no. It's not a crime. It's not a sin, right? And if you're, um, the sort of person that thinks, no, it's not a crime to be poor, I want you to keep that energy. Okay. Cause we're going to talk about what it means to be poor. Okay. So let's start. Being poor means that your life is going to be expensive. Crazy, right? But if you've ever paid an overdraft fee, if you've ever paid a late fee, um, if you do not have the ability to buy in bulk, um, if any number of things happens to you and you are not able to respond to it in a timely manner or indeed in a, an appropriate manner, fiscally speaking, then you are effectively taxed on it. As we know, uh, the richest people in this country are not taxed even by the government, at least not to the same degree that poor people are. And this is all under the guise that somehow these rich folks are in some way more productive. They're job creators. You know, it's, it's framed in a way to make these, uh, these billionaires look really good. You know, but, um, you know, because it's framed that way doesn't mean that that's the whole truth. The fact is, is that a lot of times billionaires hoard wealth 
and keep wealth from flowing through society the way that it could, the way that it should. We saw this in the pandemic. We saw this in 2008 when black people lost uh, a significant amount of wealth because our real estate was lost. And, you know, as you know, there are many other bad things that happen to poor people. I'll spare you the list, but um, I'm assuming that you're reasonable people who live in the same society uh, and subscribe to the same reality as the vast majority of us. <laughs> it might be a stretch, but um, if you're listening to this show, the assumption has to be that you are um, there and you recognize that bad things more often than not or disproportionately happen to poor people. So. Um, let's interject here that a lot of poor people are black. A lot of poor people are white. Okay. Uh, but if we go by the numbers, there's a disproportionate amount of poor people that are black. And now you might start to see the direction I'm going in. A disproportionate number of people are, of poor people are native, Hispanic. You know, and so now that we have some whys, <laughs> uh, we can start to dissect this a little bit. You know, something that I think is interesting is that uh, there was a lyric that, uh, by by Tupac where he said, um, "Instead of a war on poverty, they have a war on drugs, so the police can bother me." Right? That's wild. And, you know, when we're talking about crack and a war on drugs and this sort of stuff, you know what comes to mind, you know, ghettos and black people all smoked out and that sort of stuff, a war on drugs, right? When we're talking about fentanyl and all this sort of stuff, there's no war. I mean, people don't go to jail for that, you know, not, not like black people did again, disproportionately, right? Drugs, they're, they're drugs. But. Uh, ugh. you know what else is crazy too? Is that, um, Dr. King was a person who obviously stood up for black people. You know, his, his famous, I have a dream speech, little black boys and little white girls, you know, sitting down at a table together. You know, that's, that's the way that, um, we are remembering Dr. King these days. But, uh, many of you may know that Dr. King uh, really came under heat in his final days before he was assassinated, um, moving in a direction that included uh, poor white people. Because in his um, assessment of the country, uh, poor people were being taken advantage of. And there's a much stronger case to be made uh, when you're talking about poor people than white people, because as we know, the company, or sorry, the country rather is, or I guess company, <laughs> it could be either or, but this country tends to be very apathetic, very lethargic in, in the response to uh, black people saying what's wrong. So um, let's move on. Now, we've been spending some time talking about poverty. Poverty alone doesn't explain uh, black underrepresentation in politics. 
nor does it explain black overrepresentation in the criminal justice system. So poverty alone doesn't do that. Uh, but it certainly addresses much of what ails a significant amount of people in this country and an even more significant amount of black people. So something to think about, you know, um, again, wealth more often than not shapes outcomes. I love that statement. Um, so one of the things we haven't talked about is, you know, for people that say, you know, I don't see color. I wasn't raised that way. My family wasn't raised that way. You know, I, I come from a Christian background or otherwise a religious background, right? You don't see color. We're all the same in God's eyes. Okay. So for those with religious backgrounds that don't see color, uh, maybe you see poverty. Okay. So my question to you is, do the poor deserve to be overlooked? How about this? Do the uh, deities you worship, do they live as rich people? Did they live as rich people? Or do they walk with poor people? Did they help poor people? Again, do poor people deserve to be overlooked? Okay. Since you don't see color, but clearly you can see that wealth is shaping outcomes as we've outlined today. All right. So maybe you're not religious. Um, how about this? Do you really honestly believe that wealth is the most accurate measure of a man or a woman. Do you know of any rich people who are bad? I'm sure you can think of a ton. <laughs> uh, people that take advantage of poor people, people that exploit sick people, who commit atrocities against minorities. Now, uh, think of, think of a good person. Think of the, the, the best people you know from history. Okay. Uh, Dr. King. We talked about him. Um, how about Gandhi to, to move it beyond that or Mother Teresa? Okay. Do you re recall ever hearing any of these people as being rich? So again, do poor people deserve to be overlooked since you don't see color, since we're all the same? Hmm. So maybe it's easier for you to approach these issues um, if we make it about dollars and cents. You know, if, if uh, it is difficult for you to see uh, this as a black and white issue, um, because of the society that you've been raised in, uh, not allowing you to fully develop your, uh, your, uh, empathetic in instincts and your capacity to relate to, uh, those of us who are more melanated. Um, then maybe this is a, a, a more convenient way for you to access that part of your humanity. 
I, I wouldn't blame you because, you know, we're even black people are taught we're raised in a society that um, teaches us to hate black people, hate ourselves. So I wouldn't be mad at you if that's how you were raised. But, you know, I'm just trying to give you an alternative equation to get to the same answer. Um, so for, again, those people like the realtor that I met who says, you know, we're all the same and why aren't we talking and, you know, whatever he was saying, honestly, it was just nonsense, but you know, the people, right? Um, the people that don't believe that there's a war on black people, they, they, they think black people are imagining everything. Um, and, and there's no war against, uh, Mexican people, it's just the illegal ones. And they think that, you know, uh, native people are, uh, they, we, they need to figure out their own communities and they've been given land and whatever their arguments are. Some of these people don't even engage in these arguments. Um, for people that overlook all that stuff, you can still clearly see that there's an invisible war on poor people. So, let's talk about these poor people, okay? Um, let's say these people live in the ghetto, right? And, you know, these people have, you know, a criminal background. And they are... They didn't go to Ivy League school, their public school, maybe even dropouts, no college, you know, uh, not a lot in the way of job prospects. So maybe they're underemployed or unemployed. You know, um, maybe these people turn to criminal activity to make money. Maybe they sell drugs. Maybe they, you know, whatever. Who knows? Now, is the person you imagined in your thought scenario, does that person have a color? It doesn't matter if they do or not, but I'd imagine they do. And if they do, then I think that you see color, whatever color it is. And now that you can see color, through the lens of wealth. Maybe this is a, a battle you can join in and help us fight. There's nothing I've talked about today that is not easily accessible online. If you don't trust online sources, there's libraries full of books that talk about this. I'm not talking about anything that's too, too modern day, <laughs> you know? You can find it in any library. And if you um, really do think that um, the world can be a better place from your perhaps privileged perspective, um, I think you could take a day and, and, you know, dig into these words and research everything to know that I'm telling you the truth. Learn that truth for yourself. And then walk that path. And I, I think that's a great place to start.
So as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, so you can reach out to me using the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. And of course, you can hit me on all social media at Ramses Ja. Do you see color? Let me know. And until you do, peace. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.